0: Millennials are soft, squishy, baby people that are ruining our culture by delaying their lives until they die childless, unfulfilled, and in debt.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, they... <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to change it up. I'm changing it up. I'm changing it up. Yeah. Oh, changing yeah. It up. Okay, here it goes. Oh, yeah. Well... They didn't get to pick when they were born any more than you did, so I don't see why they have to be held to your old man's standards.
0: Oh, really? Well, if you defend millennials, then unfriend me. <laughs>
1: it's a work in progress for me. It's uh, unfriend me, everybody. <laughs> unfriend me Welcome that was back. good that, I feel like your voice was like sinister Well, that's what I was going for I was going for something dark yeah. and sinister but I couldn't help like, but laugh
0: try to be Batman next time
1: okay that's kind of where I was going as a little Batman <laughs> I didn't make whatever more anymore <laughs> than you did where to make it's not bad it's not bad uh, yeah that's right you heard it millennials today uh, yeah and that's what we do here is we talk about culturally relevant issues, issues that cause some consternation, some divided opinions out there in the culture, and yeah. uh, this is definitely one of them. Who's a millennial? Who's not? When do you become one? Why are you or why are you so uh, mistreated by the older generations right now? Uh, we'll get to all of that in a minute, Justin. I can't wait.
0: Do they only die from silver bullets or right. is that werewolves?
1: That's right. You never know. We'll clear all those those myths up. It's not just that, but... Also, do they drink the blood of of others? No. Turns out, no.
0: But that and much more will be cleared up today on Unfriend Me. Indeed, which is the show you're listening to. Welcome, friends. Uh, That's Scott Johnson. I'm Justin Robert Young. Oh, hi. Uh, uh, We uh, are going to take your calls if you are watching live on twitch.tv slash frogpants at 801-285-9395. And another little piece of housekeeping For those of you that want to call in but might not be able to watch is that we now have a time that we go live every single week it's going to be noon pacific time that is 3 p.m eastern uh if you want to just enter this phone number into your phone right now 801-285-9395 and i know i say that every time and i'm sure you're like me that when i listen to shows that are calling shows you're like really come on i'm not gonna enter in some call-in number into my phone it makes your life so much easier do it now if you want to be a part of the show one more time 801-285-9395
1: yeah we'll get to those calls here in a minute but as always we like to do a little feedback from last week now some of you are going oh i thought you guys i told you i don't like the feedback at the top it takes too much time
0: we're cutting it down okay yeah all right here's, here's what we're gonna do we're gonna try something a little bit new we're just gonna blast through three emails and then we'll have feedback about all of them at once so let's go ahead and start things off dan dan the lawyer man in our episode uh about uh piracy online piracy last week uh writes here's one example shout out to my esquires you own black acre farm neighbors continually trespass on your farm to access a pond on black acre you allow and tolerate this you sell Blackacre to Betty Boop. Betty Boop erects a fence to stop uh, access to the pond and stop the trespassing. The trespassers now have a sound legal argument that they have a right to an easement, a right to enter Black Acre and use the pond, and will probably win under the common law. By not ejecting the trespassers or negotiating contracts, the owner of Blackacre loses her exclusive rights to the pond. Without aggressive defense uh, or contracts, modern service agreements or EULAs, creators and producers jeopardize their rights to their property
1: i 100 agree brandon writes in and says i will never be able to move beyond the fact that piracy is theft no matter the mental gymnastics people go through and try to make it okay or claim it isn't theft side note most of the feedback we got all week was about people justifying their piracy anyway if you can't afford it that's life you don't deserve anything simple uh, simply for existing or because it exists you want it want something acquire money then own it if you can't own that thing, then find something you can until you are able to acquire the thing you desire. Working hard to own something has always felt amazing to me. It's not part of our culture anymore with everything being a few mouse clicks away, and I feel like we've lost something culturally in that fact. Most of the people pirated free uh sorry, most of the people pirated most of the pe- stuff people pirated was free at the library anyway. Whew, that was a hard sentence to get through.
0: Peter Piper P- Peter Piper picked a- up <laughs> People who pirated <laughs> free at the library. Neil writes, uh, uh, access, no, not cost, is what drives my alternative sourcing for entertainment. I've got Netflix. i got Amazon Prime. I pay for premium satellite service. But being in the UK, many shows that are hyped up by my global peer group, or Scott Johnson, mm. are, or worse, simply not available. From Breaking Bad, Community, Parks and Rec, to Rick and Morty and the Orville, these were either never shown or shown long after the hype train had left, which in this connected world is ridiculous. Agreed. Okay.
1: agreed. He's right. It so is as ridiculous. Scott
0: pointed out, the vast majority of the emails, and man, did we get a ton of them, were some version of "I pirate" or "I have pirated," and here is why. All the stories that I know everybody has heard a million times: it was too expensive, I was too poor. Uh, uh, you know, the the, the uh, I, I have a moral line of when people are rich enough. To be stolen from and but I want to support those that I deem to be poor enough to make money mm-hmm. uh, uh, all of that we I kind of left that out just because we got so much of the exact same thing but Scott is there anything here that stands out to you uh the
1: th- the last one actually Neil's message because <clears throat> it almost sounds like Neil's trying to make a pro piracy statement and I don't actually think he is but I think he points out uh, a core problem with online piracy and that is that availability ease of access and uh and fair price, like we talked about last week, is the fastest way to to curb uh, and not solve maybe, but curb piracy. If he, where he lives, was able to get a hold of these things, and the only reason he doesn't is because of international licensing rights, if he was able to get a hold of those things, I guarantee you that people in the UK would be far less uh willing, able, or whatever to pirate breaking bad, community parks and rec and everything else he listed. Uh so this is a content provider thing. This is a, uh, a publisher-level problem, and that should be fixed. Uh, the nice thing about Netflix uh, in our new world is that anything they make that's an, a Netflix original is shown everywhere internationally at once. Uh, there's no holding any of that stuff back. And in some cases, like Discovery, Star Trek Discovery shows up in Canada on Netflix because they have a deal with Netflix here in the States. I got to pay for an extra app to do it and therefore drive a little piracy in America. So I'm all about... Forget about regional locks. Forget about all that stuff. Just put your stuff out there. I know that there's probably a ton of reasons why they don't do this. Okay. I'm not the business guy to ask, but ultimately it'll lead to less piracy because they don't have to go, you know, somewhere clandestine to get it.
0: But if there's one thing that I found out in these emails is that no matter how great the access, no matter how affordable, there still is an element that is like, well, you want to know what? I'm going to pirate these programs because CBS has made enough money because Gene Roddenberry has uh, and his estate have made enough money and they don't deserve more. Now I'll go pay for my friend's CD because yeah. it's his first CD and I know that he's broke and I had to pay for his gas, but <laughs> I'm not going to pay for a Rolling Stones album. I, because-
1: and I understand a lot. And a lot of people came to us with that explanation. I kind of understand their theory or their thinking but I would say if you worked at a, at a company and they had some sort of till in the front area and at night you decided to skim 20 bucks off the till every night because they had enough money, what would that be considered? Well, it'd be considered stealing and there's no justification for it. So until it's lawful to take somebody's stuff that isn't yours, I don't think it holds up.
0: Although I will say people have made enough money is probably a topic that we could revisit <laughs> in totality. Because uh, beyond this argument, there are certainly plenty of kind of political tendrils to that as well. But that's a topic for another time. That was definitely not 15% of the show. So everybody that emailed me or Twittered or tweeted me last night when I asked about the length of the feedback, they're like, oh, I don't want it to be half the show. It's not half the show. It's, it's like 15 minutes. We kept it to 15 minutes. Hopefully we can do that going At forward. At the most, I don't even think that was 15. In fact, you know what? I can tell you,
1: that was exactly 11 minutes, 50 seconds. Y'all are fine. But,
0: Boom, boom. And now we're out. Let's get to the the, the topic that we're talking about today. Millennials. Oh, no. Millennials. It's, a, it's a wily group.
1: Some would say you're a part of, Justin.
0: Hmm. Oh, we're going to talk about that. All right. Mm. Scott, yeah. before we get into it, how would you define the term millennial? Before we look, before we go into our research, just off the top of your head, how would you define a millennial?
1: Okay, I have been. I would be lying if I said otherwise. So I'm going to be all up front and full disclosure here. I have been jokingly disparaging of the the millennial thing from time to time, especially on my morning show, for yeah. all just for funds. In the same way that I can that I pretend to confuse uh, Maggie and Jake Gillenhall with each other, which is not nice to her or him. I guess I don't know, but I do it because I think it's funny, and I've done it forever. It's like this old joke. In the same yeah. way I do that dumb joke, I say things like, ah, you dirty millennials, you, you don't appreciate anything. It's always in that that phrasing like, ah, these dirty millennials making it hard for everybody. What my actually my actual belief system is that millennials are no different than any other generation. They in some ways rebel against the generation before, in some ways do things very differently. In other ways, they fall into the same traps and do the same things. The people that complain about millennials now, be they baby boomers or people who are quote-unquote gen xers like me that's at least that's the date range i'm in yeah we we get accused of uh of forgetting what it was like to be a 20 something uh with you know not wanting to go do anything and not holding down the right job and kind of just spending my afternoon watching tv for no reason and whatever lazy thing they said about us they were saying all of it then they said we were too we had too many uh expectations we thought we were gonna have everything handed to us all the same complaints." The hippies had it from their parents, from their post-war parents. It goes back to recorded time. So my actual belief system is this is all a bunch of horseshit and false labeling and an excuse for old people to complain about what the young people are up to or not up to. So, that's so it my- doesn't
0: matter to you necessarily what the age range is or even like what the factors of that, that are measurable that would change generation to generation. You think that this is, at its core old people you know the, the same refrain that old people have said since the beginning of civilization man these kids are stupid and lazy
1: yeah i can't I, i'm a jewish old man going what is with this jesus kid or i'm a <laughs> or i'm a, it doesn't matter like to use any it's a bad example but to use any example oh, of any yeah, generational shift Not <laughs> jesus any generational shift provides this and how do i know this for sure well i i have a kid who fits into the date range if the date ranges to be believed, and that would be Taylor, my oldest daughter, who's now 23. She yeah. is, uh, it, by, by by any measure, what everyone wants to complain about, which is, oh, they were raised with a phone in their hand, and they've never known a world without the internet, and everything's handed to them on a platter, and all this stuff, and they're not going to know how to interact with real people one day, which is complete horseshit in her case. She is a upward movement uh, person who's way into her business. She has her own business. She now runs it entirely by herself. She makes a living. Uh, They bought a house with it. She's uh, very functional in society in every way possible. She's very smart, very creative, very giving, very kind. She's all the things you want her to be. And one day she's going to be a great mom, and she's looking forward to that. She married a great guy who works his butt off and is a great, honest, cool dude. All of the things that you want for your kids are there, yet she's in this group called Millennials. And I understand the tendency or the temptation to go, you've had a phone in your hand since two thousand two. Well,
0: here, but, but hold on, wait, but, but so so let's let's pin that down. But let's 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 remember these things. So you would say that the way that people would define millennials are access to the internet yeah. and the pluses and minuses of the consequences to that. Correct. That like that you are more connected, you are more worldly, but also maybe you are more impersonal or that you are more prone to look at the the world as a screen name and not a real collection of people. Very well said. And I think that
1: that is the key issue. Now, some some older folk probably don't know they're saying this, but that is kind of what they're saying because what they're the, the complaints they're levying toward this generation is they're saying, well, you don't know how to have a face-to-face conversation. Well, that implies that's because they're on Facebook or on Snapchat or they're talking in some other way that isn't a normal face-to-face flesh-and-blood kind of communication. Now, I would counter... When people say that, I counter that by saying, all right, look, when I was a teenager, I didn't have a cell phone. They didn't exist for me. So the only cell phones you could get when I was in my teens was a big, giant, fat one that looked like it was going to melt your head off and you maybe had it in your car if you were a rich dude. That was it. And uh, what would we do? We do the same thing, but just in a different way. We would often escape in a different way. We would bury our heads in a different kind of place or thing or media to get out of our parents' hair, to not be in their world. Like, that's what you do. They have a very convenient way of doing that now, just like if you if you were a big porn hound in the 70s, put on that jacket and that fake mustache and head on down to the corner store. Today, three clicks and you're in. So there's a convenience factor at play now that, that didn't yeah. exist then. That's really it, though. Like, it's the same behaviors, it's the same escapism, it's the same, I don't want to be a responsible person, so I'm going to do this instead yeah my version of that was
0: now you have to go to Pornhub to type uh trench coat and fake mustache (laughs) right it's like kids going dad why did they 3d print
1: i I heard this story from somebody i don't know if it's true but he supposedly pulled out a a three and a half inch floppy disk and his son said dad why did you 3d print the save logo from minecraft
0: amazing that's that is amazing
1: and if you think about it that that could happen and and it guess what it happened to our generation they were using fountain pens and typewriters when when my parents were kids i don't know i never touched a fountain pen in my life with a little thing that goes on it and stuff that's horse shit to me so it's the same same thing same deal i know
0: and then who would move on from the sturdy uh worthiness of a quill with an inkwell anyway (laughs) let's uh let's go ahead and get into the origins of the terms uh, uh, as I try to be as uh, upfront and honest with you guys about uh, my two hours of googling for each episode this one almost exclusively comes from the Wikipedia just because most of the trend pieces that I found on millennials kind of don't agree on core tenets and so what we're going to talk about here research wise is a lot of just facts okay uh, just general dry kind of facts so Uh, Authors William Strauss and Neil Howe are widely uh, credited with naming millennials. They coined the term in 1987, around the time that children born in 1982 were entering preschool, and the media were first identifying their perspective link to the new millennium as high school graduating classes of 2000. They wrote about the cohort in their book, Generations The History of America's Future, 1584 to 2069, The Millennials and uh, the Millennials Rising, the next great generation which came out in 2000. Mm. In August 1993, an advertising age editorial coined the phrase generation Y to describe those who were aged 11 or younger as well as teenagers of the upcoming 10 years who were defined as different from generation X. According to journal, uh, journalist Bruce Horovitz in 2012, ad age threw in the towel by conceding that millennials was a better name for Gen Y. By 2014, uh, the past director of data strategy at, at, at age said to NPR, the Gen Y label was a placeholder until we found out more about them. I'm going to make an admission to you right now, Scott, hey. that will startle not only many who have listened to me on this and other programs, but anybody who might have personally heard my opinion on the phrase millennial and specifically one that uh, a, a definition of that that stretches back to the early 80s. Okay. I have yeah. always said I am not a millennial as being a man born on March 5th, 1983. Yeah. I am Gen Y yeah. because yeah. that's what I was always – I remember 1993, the idea of uh, of that being that that I was a little – I was part of a little brother generation to what was at that time the obsession of the media, the slacker, flannel, uh, uh, grunge-obsessed – Uh, I don't care, dad, Uh, uh, Gen X, Mm -hmm. which was very heavily parodied and very heavily obsessed about because this was the generation that, you know, was uh, the sons and daughters of baby boomers that uh, now didn't have a war to motivate them. They didn't have all these upright uh, ideas and where their fathers and mothers had built the interstate system and uh, was part of this great entrepreneurial boom it was Gen X that was just farting on the legacy of everything by wanting nothing more but to listen to Mud Honey and get high. Uh, so I was, in my opinion, yeah. I was Gen Y, because most of the culture that I was taking in at the time were created by and for Gen X people. I was watching movies that was catering to this demographic. I was listening to music that was catered to that demographic. And so it made sense to me that if the cultural boom was by Gen X, that being influenced by that I would be Gen Y. I did not know until I did the research for this episode that apparently there had been some uh, a, a, a changeover and that millennials predated the term Gen Y. Yeah. I did not know that until right now. I have no choice but to say by the definition if the authors of Gen Y said that that was a placeholder for, The earlier term millennial, then I I guess I have to say being born in 1983, I am a millennial.
1: You are. You're an early edge of that, but you are absolutely that. And and I am, I mean, I'm early edge of X of X or no, I'm late end of X, whatever I am. uh, I'm right there on the edge as well. And that was I was that generation of 18 to 24 year olds that everybody was saying, freaking what are you just going to listen to Nirvana and do nothing with your life? like that was that was the era it was that flannel grunge seattle era of everyone's a piece of shit and i can't believe this generation is so lame we're our future is screwed it's yeah. really uh, the irony of all of that is that the it's the generation before that that's screwing us now um but anyway all of that being said uh i think it's important to note you mentioned those two books earlier they both have a very interesting title uh generations the history of america's future and millennials rising the next great generation. And they talk about how the year 2000 is the graduation year for these kids, and then that will define them. In retrospect, with a little 2020, that sounds like dudes who are stoked about the idea that the year 2000 will ring in a whole new generation. (laughs) And they don't have nearly the negative approach to it as people who have co-opted the term today. Uh, Today, you say millennial, it is not a term of endearment. It is not a uh oh the next gener, the next great generation in the in the you know in the traditional use of the word great it is slacker uh wasteoid you're not getting anything done you yeah. can't do anything without the internet like that's the terminology now and i think it's incredibly unfairly placed despite me enjoying using it once in a
0: while all right <laughs> now uh uh the uh minority of of uh, demographers and researchers say that the generation in the mid to late 1970s uh describes millennials so there are some the earliest estimates of who is a millennial starts in 1976 and ends in 92 which is the other big realization that i made in doing this research is that i am a millennial but none of these kids that are listening to mumble rap and on snapchat <laughs> are apparently they're a whole nother thing and yet that's what i assume when we talk about this i think they're talking about people that are in their teens and 20s now yeah. i'm thir- i'm going to be 35 in, in in a month's time right yeah. Yeah. like this is a, a a generation that i feel far more connected to gen x than i feel to kids that were raised with the internet throughout their entire lives i think to me the the far greater dividing line is did you have broadband internet your entire life <laughs> that well, that to me because that that's a fundamental different shift in culture in in what surrounds you yeah. in 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 every way in a way that I remember going from no internet to internet and I might be the last generation to to do that in in, in your formative years to go like your childhood without the internet. And then literally as I was coming of age as a man, so was the internet. Like I got dial up when I was, I think 12 or
1: 11, something like that. Sure. That like, that'd be about right. That'd have been like 94 or something like yeah. that, which is the I mean, year that, my daughter I mean, that's
0: when AOL was first, was first kind of popping off. Yeah.
1: And that was the year my daughter was born. And I've always thought of this kind of generalization as about then about 94 and forward. I think it's actually easier to say, the ones, the ones people seem to be the most worried about are the ones that are in high school now and are maybe graduating now. And- well, and,
0: and that's what I'm saying. So these people are the the, the research is saying that millennials were done. Mm-hmm. That, that at the point that AOL was a thing, and even then, I would say broadband. I, I think that that the difference AOL was a curiosity. Sure. It was a popular curiosity, but to me, it was had about as much of a impact as a Tamagotchi did, right? As a <laughs> you know. As a furby right but broadband the idea to re- that you could really transfer files that you could really see the future streaming video was more of a real thing and not this rickety real player uh, uh you know postage stamp uh flashing every five seconds nonsense like that to me changes the game and then the next big game changes mobile data but that I am I crazy, but or did everybody else think that that's what people were talking about when they said millennial? Yeah, I did
1: too. Actually, the first time I'd ever heard the term, I thought it meant my son Nick, who was born in 2000. So I yeah. thought I thought 2000 and on meant millennial. You were a millennial born at the millennium and forward, and I thought that that's was who they were, and it was maybe a 10 year span or something. So maybe 2010 is when the cutoff happened. At least that's what I thought when I originally heard it and i still think that that's who people are complaining about which goes back to my original point we're complaining about high school kids being slackers and layabouts and not being the perfect kids that we think they're supposed to be and it somehow reflects on our
0: parenting it's the same freaking pattern every time I'll, and i I'll, I'll tell you what and and i know i know you're 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 giving us a wholesale uh, dose of this homespun wisdom but let's there there is some verifiable elements to this generation. Who are they? According to this hypothesis, uh, uh, researchers predicted that millennials would become more civic-minded than, uh, more like the civic-minded GI generation with a strong sense of community, both local and global. Strauss and Howe ascribed seven basic traits to the millennial cohort. Special, sheltered, confident, team-oriented, conventional, pressured, Mm -hmm. and achieving. Meanwhile, Arthur E. Levine author of when hope uh of when hope and fear collide a portrait of today's college students described these generation images as stereotypes however in 2016 a study by syzygy scissor G Scissor i think that's what got a, a uh <laughs> that's what got Gucci Mane arrested was too much Scissor <laughs> uh A digital service agency found millennials in the U.S. continue to exhibit elevated scores on the narcissistic personality inventory as they age, finding that millennials exhibited 16% more narcissism than other adults, with males scoring higher on average than females, which would seem to also go against the, like, Ladies be taking selfies idea. Mm -hmm. The study examined two types of narcissism. Grandiose narcissism, described as the narcissism of extroverts, characterized by attention-seeking behavior, power, and dominance. And vulnerable narcissism, described as the narcissism of introverts, characterized by an acute sense of self-entitlement and defensiveness.
2: Mm.
0: Do you believe that... And now we're going to define millennials by the way that they define it, which is like starting... As old as me or a year older than me, so people that are about 35, 36 now and stretching to ninety-four. So people that I guess would be about 10 years younger. So 25, people 25 to 35. Do you, in your opinion, believe that you have noticed elevated levels of narcissism? Uh
1: no. I think that I'm being shown elevated levels of narcissism because everything is being shown now. So I know enough people in their 20s to 30s uh from my own family outward to know that that expression of narcissism doesn't seem to be happening with them in particular. It seems to be happening with what BuzzFeed wants to show me or what yeah. uh what something else may want to show me, what YouTube has to show me. So Again, we're in a brave new space of how I'm being shown. I mean, it's pretty much proven if you live on 24-hour news networks, whichever one's your best flavor or all of them, doesn't matter, uh, you have a very different view of the world. Your view of the world is mostly negative and is much more international, but also you're not seeing any good. You're just seeing all the bad because you're seeing what makes news. So I don't think it's any much different than that. We are just being shown ridiculous examples of Kim Kardashian showing her butt on Instagram. And to us, that says, you, you know, smug, self-centered millennial. Like, it's too easy to to dive to that. Because in my actual day-to-day interactions with people, I don't see it. So I think it's, again, another poor excuse for that. It's like saying, well, you know everyone's just yelling at each other. Well, why? Well, that's all I see well, on Twitter. Uh, well, it's because you're I'll on you Twitter. Because you're looking at Twitter. That's why. It it's, skews I'm, I'm glad,
0: it. I'm glad the older generation can call my generation narcissists while they watch yet another documentary about the greatest generation <laughs> and how great they were. Uh, <laughs> now, how are millennials different from other different generations? According to authors from the Florida International University, what's up, Boca? Original research performed by Howe and Strauss, as well as you and Miller, suggests that baby boomers resonate primarily with Loyalty, work ethic, steady career path, and compensation when it comes to their professional lives. Generation X, on the other hand, started shifting preferences preferences toward improved work-life balance with a heightened focus on individual advancement, stability, job satisfaction, and Bjork. I added that last one. <laughs> uh, <and> meanwhile, millennials <laughs> place an emphasis on producing meaningful work and finding a creative outlet and have a preference for immediate feedback.
1: Yeah, I think that... F- i think that fits everything that, that I, I
0: actually think that that's not that's not uh uh unfair and i think that that there's probably cultural forces that kind of buffet all all that like i think it's almost it's weird to say that these people are like this as opposed to saying yeah the technology changed the world changed you know uh, uh things shifted and so therefore these large behavioral uh traits that we can glean through average that, that that seems like yeah, uh, millennials should have more of a preference for immediate feedback in a world where immediate feedback is possible, mm-hmm. where where you can post a thing and then you see how many likes it gets immediately, as opposed to submitting it to the home office and waiting for four months to, to get word
1: back yeah 100% that it's that's the difference it's like what I said earlier about we're being shown things more you can oh, I
0: said I said my FIU was was Boca I'm sorry I know it's Miami yeah I, it's I, fine I my South Florida card it's Boca. totally fine you can have it, oh, it, it's, it, it doesn't of take
1: much to own that card it's totally fine you don't have a lot of tests to go through here's the thing if you and I were uh let's say you and I lived in a time where I instead of being born as a Gen Xer, I was born with I was born whatever was before that. So let's say I was born in, let's say, 59 and you were born 10 years later and we wanted to do this at the ages we are now. We wouldn't be able to do it. So. That's the difference, <laughs> like the difference is that you and I want to talk about a thing, whatever it may be. We didn't have a way to do this before, not in a way that that was easy for everybody to, to kind of be a part of the conversation. This is just an extension of that. Like, why not? Anybody born uh, in the internet age, of course they are going to want faster feedback because they already get faster feedback. Yeah. They want to do creative things because they see tons of people around them doing creative things. Like, this, none of this is weird to me, and none of it negative, by the way. I think it's hugely innovative and puts people in positions to do really interesting stuff and work and exposes people to things they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So, so I don't see any of that as a bad thing. And, and I would argue you know the generation that told us that uh acdc and mortal combat were going to be the end of our country uh we're wrong it's fox news and cnn <laughs> that are that are doing it instead of those two things i i'm of course playing with semantics here but yeah my point is it's it's always it this would, it's it a- would,
0: it would it would be better if cnn practice their fatalities and fox news uh, uh sean hannity was dressed like angus young
1: oh dude in a little like a schoolboy outfit with a guitar yeah. Yeah. Oh, i would love it
0: and he's just strutting across you know while he catches the football uh, uh <laughs> that would be great i would love it
1: It would really be good but anyway you know what i'm saying and i think I, I think the bigger interesting uh pivot on all of this is what does it mean does it mean anything for them let's say economically does this generation are they screwed are they uh, like all of that. You tell me where this is
0: headed. I'm very, very glad you asked that. In 2015, millennials in New York city were reported as earning 20% less than the generation before them as a result of entering the workforce during the great recession during higher college, uh, despite higher college attendance rates than generation X, many were stuck in low paid jobs with a percentage of degree earning young adults working in low wage industries, rising from 23% to 33% between 2000 and 2014 in 2016, Research from the Resolution Foundation found millennials in the UK earned 8,000 pounds less in their 20s than Generation X, describing millennials as on course to become the first generation to earn less than the one before. In addition to millennials being the most ethnically and racially diverse compared to generations older than they are, they're also on pace to be the most formally educated. As of 2008, 39.6% of millennials between the ages of 18 and 24 we're enrolled in college, which is an American record.
1: Yeah, so I take from that that two things. One, it's easy to want to say it's the millennials' fault. I don't know how you do that, though, with a, with a straight face. Like, if there's fault to be had, it's who's laying groundwork before they get there, number one. Number two, you can't expect everything to go up all the time. It's like expecting the stock market to never drop. It's dumb to think that way. So sure, you might say, ah, for the first time, this is a generation that earns less than the last one. Well, all right. For the first time, uh... You know, I can. Uh, d- movie receipts at the box office have been down. <laughs> you know, I, whatever. It's like a fluctuating number. It means nothing. And to place this at the feet of people.
0: Uh, yeah, just like a typical Gen Xer <laughs> who's got the good end of the stick. Huh? <laughs>
1: whatever. Uh, they told yeah. me and I had the bad end. Tide goes
0: in. Tide goes out, kid. Don't they, get so stressed out.
1: They told me I had the bad end of the stick just as much as they're being told now. In fact, maybe <laughs> even more so. I mean, I remember really hardcore in the 90s being told what a what a dump we were like
0: constantly. oh god yeah no in fact i'll tell you what uh, let's open up the calls but i'll try to find i remember i think it was a time magazine cover that had like this very doom and gloom like you know chick with a nose ring and dude with the flannel around the waist mm-hmm. and it's like Gen x are they are they farting over like, more beavis and butthead and less i like i you know, whatever <laughs> nonsense
1: this like, is all true hi who uh you're on the air who's this
3: rotation
1: hello, Are you there hey I got, yeah, I'm here, okay, hey, what's on your mind?
3: yeah, you know, I got a couple of things like one, I don't think that this uh the date of birth thing is as important about being a millennial as the the the, the concept of how they act yeah. um I know that that's statistically important because it's it allows everyone to be put into a specific box based on time, yeah. but uh I think it's more about the the particular way they act um you know, like, um, one of my main things is like the kids that are in college now, technically not in your group of millennials, but I think them and their want, need and desire for these safe spaces and their complete lack of wanting to be offended by anybody is one of the things that's going to, is, going to, is one of the things that makes them hard for people in Generation X to deal with.
1: So let me let me throw this at you. Let me let me throw this that this at you based on what I was saying earlier. Do you think it's possible? And this is kind of my hypothesis that it's not actually true that all college students currently trying to graduate from college are all up in everyone's face about uh, safe spaces, or are all up in everyone's face about outrage about politically correct stuff. That maybe just maybe we are being shown that, and it just feels like
3: they are because. I think you could levy the same. Uh, I think you're one hundred percent correct on that. The thing is, just like in politics and everything else, it's that five percent of people that are going cuckoo for cocoa puffs, and that's all we hear about.
1: yes, uh, yeah, see, that's a really good point actually. Thanks for your call. Justin, your thoughts on that well, and talk
3: about instant feedback. Look,
1: yeah.
0: instant feedback, unlike a lot of these other cultural forces, are a two way street. So uh, I, I would the, the argument that I would make to that to that caller, and thank you so much for calling in, yeah, is if you grew up without the internet, as I did, you know, uh, you know, I, Chunk of I think your life, we yeah. we have a harder time wrapping our head, or, uh, head around uh, and, and overreacting to instant feedback. Right. I think that we believe instant feedback is more important than generations beyond us who understand that it's just how the world works you know the the biggest thing that i would say and again this is why i would draw and of course i'm on the internet i make my living on the internet so of course i'm going to think that the internet was the most important thing but the biggest change i've seen culturally from kids that grew up with the internet versus the rest of us is that we will never get over our fascination with the internet being infinite yeah we uh, everything was oh i don't have to delete an email oh i can save all my pictures oh i can do all this it's about storage it's about uh the the, the concept of never throwing a thing away in a world where impermanence was the rule yeah. now we have permanence for everything totally agree. the newer generation deletes their instagram until there's only 11. That's sacrilege to to me and you who want to say like, oh, no, I'm excited when I'm old. I'll get to look back on all my my youth, right? Because we think of the Internet in these metaphors like a scrapbook, like something that we used to think of or that our parents or our grandparents used to deal with. So the idea of safe spaces or culture or how we're reacting to things, I think that we do have to take a step back and wonder is the lens we're looking at this something that we are making a bigger deal about than w- how we would if we were born a couple decades forward and understood yeah uh, uh, the kid the dumb you know the, the i watched a kid eat a booger on periscope when i was eight like it doesn't mean that that kid's important it means that there's periscope
1: yeah and some people are willing to use that to those ends uh new caller on the line welcome to the show
0: hi uh
2: oh i can hear myself that's weird oh there it goes um sorry (laughs) it's all good uh so i'm joe i'm from new york i am uh not by what you guys are going on a millennial but i was born in 1997 i'm a junior in college so i am exactly what justin was just talking about where uh i grew up i know nothing but broadband um the idea of anything below you know Six megs down makes me want to panic, and, <laughs> um, and I initially called because I wanted to take umbrage with Scott calling a uh, millennial derogatory, derogatory term. Because I got to say, no, 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 my friend. But no, no. I, I take pride in my millennial status.
4: Yeah, but
1: aren't you but aren't you, not,
0: aren't you? but aren't you doing that? Aren't you? Aren't you? Get off my name! Now no. I am reclaiming millennial. You are not a millennial. <laughs> hold on, so hold on. But
1: here. even if he was, let's say technically he wasn't, and is, and I think that's fine to do that. You are my daughter's age, almost exactly. She was born in ninety seven as well. My middle daughter, she's also a junior in college. Like all this stuff uh rings true, but you don't see it as a badge of honor, or you only see it as a badge of honor because everybody's giving you shit for it, though, right? You, you,
2: you know, you are right, and. we do get a lot of crap for it and at the end of the day i am just generally proud of the fact that i sit here in a scarf and sip my coffee right
1: Uh. (laughs) right right and that infuriates some people it doesn't i mean and that's the other thing is we're talking about how it the the stereotype has risen of what a millennial is i believe there's also now a stereotype arising of what a gen x or or a or a uh um what's the ones before us baby boomer is yeah, and and that that's just as dumb. Like it's just. Oh yeah, as no, no, dumb. no,
0: no, no. Number one, the stereotype is baby boomers are dead or dying. Uh, Gen <laughs> Xers are crabby old people who bitch about millennials. Right, right. And I'm fast becoming a crabby old person who's yelling at the generation before me. Yeah,
1: you are, right. Justin. In your case, you are really straddling it. Like you are, you are in a weird position of I remember this before and I remember this after, but remembering it at a much younger age. I mean, so that, that,
0: that, yeah, yeah. I, to me, the, the the two elements that I would say make far better cultural demarcations are broadband internet and nine eleven. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I think that that those were big, marked cultural shifts that had ramifications. Nine eleven for about I would say a ten to fifteen year halo, and and broadband we're still understanding and comprehending exactly what all that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and culture did change forever. And so I would say to Joe. Uh, uh, who is, is in college now. And that's what's funny, is that I didn't realize that we're talking about, uh, you know, a, a generation, a, a lot of these people aren't in college anymore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, the, the the idea of what we think of as a millennial, I think it's like, should we start coming up with a new name what's the new name yeah we don't I mean, have, I have a new name in like five years after i was born so so what is the new name uh,
1: i don't know even what to call nick honestly because he apparently isn't in that category uh new caller on the line hi
4: hey it's jc calhoun
1: hey man what's going on
4: uh i think justin's uh division of broadband is kind of late because you know in the Ohio town that I was living in, we didn't get broadband until 2001,
3: mm.
4: you know? So I, think that, uh, so I think that's way too late to be starting the millennial generation. Well, I mean- No, no,
0: no, I, no, 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 no. Yeah. And here's, let, let, me, let, let me defend that. The point I would say is, uh, yes, the vast majority of America did not get on broadband until the early 2000s. However, culture changed as broadband happened. And even if you were left out of it, it affected your life. And that's the point that I'm making, is not that everybody got it at the exact same time, is that when, the, uh, uh, when the, the places that drive culture, and vexing as they might be in general, it's coastal cities, when they change because of understanding this new technology, it can't help but affect everybody. And even if we're talking about digital resentment or digital divide, I think that it's, you can't wash that out of somebody's upbringing.
1: Quite possibly. And also, you know, there's outliers. Like I, I didn't have decent broadband until about the same year, 2001 or so. Um, I had some pretty crappy DSL options that kicked in right around 97, 98, but uh, true broadband, the way we recognize it now was still a ways off. In fact, I'm, I'm still in that mode of like, I can't believe I'm getting 200 megabytes down. This is amazing. And, the the thinking is there's a whole generation born after that that are like well no this is just the way things are and if it doesn't work they kind of don't know what to do with themselves. Uh, or and and, and the
3: well by the way,
0: yeah. uh, we might be at a point now when things are changing forever as we speak. Uh, SpaceX just launched their Falcon Heavy rocket, which uh, uh, is it's a test rocket that uh, is is three Falcon nines. It's the most powerful rocket since the Saturn V. It it launched successfully and put. Elon Musk's Tesla into or will put Elon Musk Tesla into Mars orbit. Yeah, right? they're putting his car so, into Mars orbit. Yeah,
1: it's insane. But
0: but listen, we will not. None of us on this phone right now will probably get to Mars within the next ten years. <laughs> right. But if we live in a <laughs> world where that is happening, it can't help but change our culture. It can't help
4: but shape so, how yeah.
0: we go. forward. So I, right. I
4: think I think then that maybe I would say that millennials are the pivot point. Because you know, I, I teach college, and the freshmen I'm teaching now—they're—they are not millennials. They're the Generation Z. They definitely don't know anything without broadband. Yeah. So I would say maybe millennials are the pivot point because Gen X, we definitely knew pre-internet.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, and we appreciate, and we still have things about that pre-internet that we appreciate and miss. But we're also way into the internet. <laughs> like we don't want that to change either. Like it's a strange that that particular portion of the Gen X crowd. I don't see any of them complaining about the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is not the, the end all be all of, of man's uh, great failure. Here's my question for you, since you're a professor and you see these kids at that age, is, yeah. is Z the term then? Because we're looking for the new term. Is that what they're calling themselves? Or?
4: I think that's the, ter- I think that they don't call themselves. They don't know what to call themselves now. So I, I think generation Z, but I think it's, you know, cause remember in the nineties, they called Generation X, they called us slackers, right? Yeah. So it takes a while for them to figure out what to call us. So I think, and, and, you know, just like Justin said, with Generation Y versus millennials, I think it's going to, it takes a few years to figure out what to call them.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll have to uh, all wait and see what happens there. Got another caller on the line. Who's this? Hey,
4: guys, this is Andres from Seattle.
1: Hey, what's going on, Andres? Nice to have how you how back. Are you? How are you? What's up,
3: dude?
4: Yeah. Hey, um, so basically, Justin um, Avery said, you know, broadband and the 9-11. I would say that, you know, as an international, um, broadband definitely something that I think should most of the world. Um, however, uh, 9-11 is more American. And although we did hear about it and we did see the, you know, the outcome, I think other things might define other countries. And I would be interested to hear about other countries. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in Greece, uh, the financial crisis. Is something that you know defines the generation. Uh, people younger than me, but this is the landmark there.
1: Sure. Now I was gonna, I was actually gonna bring that up if if you hadn't, and so I'm glad you did. The the financial crisis in Greece was substantial, and is still you know yes. lots of fallout from that. That is the kind of thing that can can tweak a generation. I, I would compare it to like our own uh, Great Depression in the in the 30s, uh, late 20s and 30s. Yes. It defined an entire generation of pinch penny purse clutching keep money in your in your um, you know mattress type of yep. type of generation and and in a lot of ways that was maybe culturally uh, weird but it also in some ways it, it made for a much more frugal um i don't know approach to what was to come next uh, with wartime and stuff but but that's interesting because it, it's impossible for these big things to happen. Broadband's a big one for us in the U, in the U.S. and and we're still kind of sucking it on broadband, to be honest. Like a, on the a kind of a per yeah, capita yeah. basis, and the way we're spread out in this country, y'all have us whooped everywhere else. Like South Korea and, and Sweden just laugh at us uh, the way we well, do. Not broadband. everywhere else.
0: Not everywhere else. There, there no, are there yeah. better places that that, that do it. Uh, in general, we're not bad. We're not as good as we should be.
1: I yes, think that that is probably true. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is W Status one Hello. Nice to have you here. What's on your mind?
2: Yeah, so I was born in 96, and I think, um, I don't know, like I kind of just want to echo what you guys were saying earlier because, you know, I think it, it, I, it kind of brings me back to the Logan Paul situation almost mm-hmm. in a way because he is in the same, he's only like a year older than I am, and I think, you know, like kind of, I want to echo the same thing you said, like all of these bad things get elevated so much. And it's like, we only see the bad things going on. Yeah. In fact, and, I would
1: even say, I'd even say if you focus on the YouTube thing, you're you, all you hear about is Logan Paul doing that. Or all you hear about is PewDiePie dropping the N word or all you hear about are these different single case situations and they're high profile cases for sure. But what you don't hear about are the literally millions of YouTube videos that go up every day, filled with content, with various watcherships, with zero n- anything to say about them at all. There's no news there. And so well, it's yeah, so but, but easy that, to lump it like this. It's all so easy you
0: hear about is Fibber McGee and Molly and none of the <laughs> dozens of local radio <laughs> programs that go out uh, throughout uh, the, the great heartland of America.
1: Exactly that's my, that's my point. Exactly my point. There's always been this. So that's what I think people fail to see. And we are, you know, we're in it. We're living in it. So because this is our time, we have a a closer association with what's happening. So it's impossible for us to be completely separated from it. But that's been true of every generation. So, you know, it took a long time for my grandparents who are now all past, but it it took them forever. And I'm not sure they ever quite made it, but they could not look at a Japanese person without being pissed. They just couldn't do it. Why? Because they were attacked on American soil by the Japanese in World War II. And it started a huge conflict, and many people died, and it was awful. And they still looked at Japanese people. They couldn't believe I'd drive a Honda. I remember my grandmother was so upset at me. Why are you driving a Honda? Well, I really like their cars. Those aren't made here. I said, well, actually, this one was. It was in Oklahoma or something like that. I mean, I was yeah. being kind of testy with her in my Gen X years. And I remember her going, I would never buy anything from someone from Japan. They attacked us, and they and they tried to kill it. You know, that's the cultural stamp and it stayed and it was raw and it never quite went away but none of us think like that i think of japan go, dude that place is awesome justin just got back from the place it's an amazing place with with the coolest things ever i'm watching anime like i'm a freak lately like can't get enough of it well what's the difference the difference is i didn't live through that and there's gonna be some generation i don't know if it's nick's because he was a baby when this happened, but there's some generations going to look back on nine 11 and not have the kind of reverence we have for it. Guaranteed. They just start. Well, yeah.
0: They start. I think there's, 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 there's a great Brian Poseid, uh, bit about how every, every, every war brings, uh, a nerd fetish. <laughs> 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 that it's like we had every, uh, you know, two things happen when we go to war with a country, uh, we bring back the food, and the nerds fetishize the women. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. basically.
1: <clears throat> that's basically true. I love Posehn, by the way. He's great. Is he doing anything oh, these days? Probably something. Stand up. That you find that.
0: That's a great bit. That's
1: pretty good. But uh, yeah, like <laughs> that's going to happen. And, and some adults will hear me say this and say, how can you even suggest such a thing? Because history tells us there are so many things in history that come are hor- horrible affect a generation, and then go away. And now we just look at them as artifacts, as historical artifacts. And you can still look back and go, like right now we're kind of forced to look at Nazi Germany again and go, all right, well, why are there so many people carrying tiki torches yelling you know, anti-Jewish propaganda in 2018? Well, that freaks us all out, but there's a whole generation that is either past or is about to go who would say, no, we know exactly what that is.
0: But even then, it's like, the way we look at these things will always be different. Right. The way that we look at it is probably different than maybe some people who, who watch it and think of them as the kid who ate the booger on Periscope when they were in kindergarten. <laughs> right. But, like, yeah, someone's doing something gross that I saw. Why is that different? I've been seeing people do gross things on the Internet since I was born, dog. Yep. You, I, were, you stopped <laughs> in the darkness. I was born into it. Well, they are all Banes. This is the Bane generation.
1: Yeah, when I was 11... We paid a kid, me and some friends paid a kid a dollar, a whole dollar. I think we all, four of us pitched in a quarter to to suck the nipple of a pregnant dog. Yeah. Or one that just had puppies. So he's going to get milk out of this thing. He's
0: going to get milk out of it. And he did it. And And guess what? If you you could have, if you could have periscoped it. You would have, and you would have venmo modem $3 because <laughs> of inflation. Bingo. That is
1: exactly it. That's exactly what would have happened, and we would have maybe even been in some trouble because this, the parents would have been pissed that this video went viral, whatever. That's what would have happened had we had the wherewithal and the infrastructure to do it. We didn't, yet a gross thing happened, and it's no different than Periscope Boogerman. So I hope what's come out of today's episode as we wind down here, what I yeah. hope has come out of it is just a... Stepping back and taking in a broader perspective of time, and yeah. and and not just looking at this as oh my gosh, there's a whole faction of a new group of people who are going to screw everything up, because I think that's what screws us up, not the people.
0: What? And also stop blaming me and my fellow millennials.
1: <laughs> you're like, really I'm defensive now.
0: Five years old. There's a whole new generation. You're actually yelling about. <laughs> Please yell about them. Yeah. I'm you're- not- i'm not in high school i'm not in college now i'm reclaiming the word millennial and there's a whole it ended in the mid 90s we're we're done we're all in our we're all out of college we're in our 20s or or on the old i'm the old dog in the pack at at 35 so that's it
1: right and gen xers who are doing this perpetuating this i'm in your group maybe stop doing that you were all slackers once maybe let them be slackers okay calm down it's fine i know
0: all you Gen Xers that are all crabby, you're just pissed off that weed's legal when for kids in high school.
1: Right, because you wanted it so bad. And the generation before that, and the generation before that, sticking it to you know, the man. Everybody else
0: was just listening to Tenacious D, wishing that they could have weed delivered to them via app.
1: Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Uber weed. Anyway, you've all been fantastic today. What great calls we got. And I'm sure we're going to get some feedback on this one, given uh, how many of our listenership is probably affected by the title uh millennials so let us yeah. know and if you some of you fellow gen xers want to get in here wherever you are on that scale it turns out it's a kind of a broad one uh if you're on the tail end like me or on the early end or in the middle whatever uh you let us know your perspective uh justin what's the email address that they should uh, use that
0: would be unfriendme show at gmail.com again unfriendme show at gmail.com Patreon coming soon, and hopefully bonus episodes where we can delve into more of these emails. I'll tell you what, man. It was one of the most vexing decisions to make yesterday, Mm. trying to figure out what we're going to do with the feedback. Because the feedback we are getting on this show, and we say it every week, is voluminous. I think we had our most email ever for an episode about piracy last week. Uh, We encourage you to share this episode. Well, I'll tell you what. There's another podcast I'm listening to that's doing this, and I love it. So how about this if you know somebody that is bitched about millennials or, or or you know you think might be interested in this share it with one person don't share it on social media if you don't if you don't have to literally just go to one person you work with you know a family member and say you want to know what you would dig this episode about millennials and let's spread the word on
1: unfriend. i completely agree don't forget to go to the website frogpants.com unfriend me and we record live 1 p.m. Mountain. That's 12 p.m. Uh, lunchtime Pacific. Uh, what is that? 3 p.m. Pacific, right? Yeah, wait, wait. Yeah, 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern, sorry. Eastern time. Yeah,
0: 3, three, three Eastern, noon Pacific. And, uh, hey, Scott, next week. You know yeah. what we're talking about? No,
1: what's up? What's the topic?
0: Wash your hands 20 times before you listen. We're talking about germaphobes. Germaphobes. Are they real? Do they really have a reason to freak out? Are they right or are they crazy? Scott's going Scott's gonna to stick his finger in his mouth and <laughs> uh, uh, lick some frosting right on camera. Tune in.
1: Oh, gosh. It's almost as if I helped inspire this topic today on the morning stream. Anyway, thank you all for being here. Uh, again, uh, frogpants.com slash Uh, unfriend me is where you'll find everything you need follow justin justin R young on twitter follow me at scott johnson and come on back for more from unfriend me that's next week we'll see you then